Hello ninjas and ninjas and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim, I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, best-selling digital marketing author and host of the show. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. And with that in mind, I'm very delighted to be welcoming today Loz from Exposure Ninja. Now, Loz is one of our Facebook ads team, and he's come onto the show again by popular demand to talk through a couple of campaigns. Now, very different styles of campaigns. And uh, after the previous behind the scenes Facebook ad campaign episode, very popular. So we've decided to do another one. Um, So one of the campaigns that he's going to be talking us through is a business that was running a Kickstarter. And uh, they wanted to launch some money for a game that they were promoting. They had a target of £100,000 that they wanted to raise. And uh, with some Facebook ads and with a lot of visibility and a lot of traction uh, for the game, they managed to completely smash their target. Rather than 100k, they got up to 1.45 million raised uh, through their Kickstarter. The second example is a very different type of business. So legal lead generation doesn't really get any more drier than this. And uh, when they started the Facebook ads, uh, cost per acquisition was around 300 pounds. And we managed to get that down to uh, to about 10 pounds. So um, what, about a 30th of what the original CPA was. So Loz just talks us through exactly what was done and what, uh, what we did to get those results. So I hope you find it really useful. And don't forget, if you want some help with your own Facebook ads, then you can request a free marketing review from Exposure Ninja. We'll take a look at your website. We'll have a look at the digital marketing that you're doing and that your competitors are doing. And we'll map you out a strategy that you can follow to increase your lead volume at a good return on investment. So if you go over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review, you will find the link to do that. You just need to fill in a bit of information about your business and then we'll get your review to you usually within two to three working days. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Loz. Hey, thanks for having me back, Tim. So in this episode, we're going to go through another couple Facebook ads campaigns. We're going to go behind the scenes and uh, hear about exactly what we did and what happened as a result. Who are we looking at first of all? Uh, yeah, so we've got two um, uh, Facebook ads clients. The first one is a company called Mantic Games. That, um, it's a board games company. And then the second one is called Dental Law. And they are solicitors that specialize in cases related to, to dentistry and that kind of thing. Okay, so very different, uh, very different propositions and very different goals for the campaign. So let's look at Mantic Games first of all. Do you want to set the scene and tell us where were these guys at and what were they looking to do with Facebook ads? Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, Mantic Games make uh, board games and they, for, for the last few board games, they've been using uh, Kickstarter, which is, which if you, in case you're not familiar, is a crowdfunding platform where you kind of put in your money and then obviously they produce the product further down the line. So it's kind of like a pre-order system and, and crowdfunding and all that kind of stuff. And they've been using that to, to get their board games up and running for a while now. Uh, and then they came to us with a board game called Hellboy. And basically they wanted to promote that and they really wanted help keeping that kind of momentum going throughout the whole month of the Kickstarter campaign. So what you tend to see with Kickstarter is you tend to see a really big um, spike in interest when the campaign first launches. 
then you see um, a second spike of interest a couple days before the campaign finishes. And then that middle period, which, you know, these are running for a month. um, So the majority of that campaign time, you see very little kind of interest. Um, So what they wanted to do is they wanted help from Exposure Ninja to, to try and maintain that level of interest, to try and keep people engaged with the campaign and that kind of thing. And just talking about headline numbers, so their target fundraising amount for the Kickstarter campaign was £100,000, is that right? Yeah, so, so that's kind of like the minimum goal needed to to, to get the, the Kickstarter successfully funded. So anything above that technically is kind of a bonus. But, you know, from kind of speaking to them internally, I think they were they were hoping it was going to be a bit higher than that anyway um that's kind of their minimum goal but yeah it absolutely smashed it out of the water in terms of what we managed to achieve it was yeah kind of crazy and how much did they end up receiving so hundred thousand was the goal how much did they end up with i've not got the exact figure in front of me i know it was yeah over a million 1.45 million 1.45 million yeah crazy numbers so 14 times what they were what they initially were hoping to achieve so yes Indeed. Okay, great. So let's look at exactly what happened in the Facebook ad campaign then. So how did we approach this? We knew that there was going to be a big spike at the start. Obviously, the well, the game is about Hellboy. So there's going to be fans of Hellboy, fans of comics, and then fans of board games who, who could be potentially interested. How did we structure this? And what was the plan, say, within the first couple of weeks of getting this off the ground? So yeah, I think you, you really hit on you know something that we decided was massively important in terms of the campaign um, is that there's there's different audiences for for this campaign. Um, so there's there's different people that are going to be interested in this, and what we found is that actually they're interested in it for quite different reasons. So yeah, you've got people that are fans of the Hellboy comic, um, fans of Mike Mignola, who's the um, the author of the comic. Then you've got people that are board game fans. And actually, the creator of this board game has got some pretty high-profile games um, behind him as well. So people are actually fans of him as an individual as well. Um, And then you've got fans of miniatures. Um, So Mantic Games, the company, are well-known within the miniatures community for for, um, producing some really high-quality miniatures. Uh, And people, you know, People will literally purchase their, um, will kickstart their board games based purely on um, on the miniatures and how cool they look. So, yeah, you can kind of see that with those with those three audiences that I mentioned there, you've got very different reasons for why you might be interested in this Kickstarter. So it's the same product, but totally different reasons why you're going to be interested in that. So because of that, what we did is we basically separated that out into into those three categories, miniatures fans, board games fans, Hellboy fans. Um, and then we kind of further broke that down into um, United Kingdom and United States audiences as well, because we wanted to include the kind of pricing information in there as well. So either either in dollars or in pounds. Yeah, so we broke those those down into into basically six different target audiences. And each target audience had um, a different ad set with different with different call to actions and different you know reasons why you'd be interested in this campaign. You know, we're, we're um, showing them really different things because you know we wanted to show them what was going to be most relevant to them. Um, so I think that really was part of the reason why this campaign was so successful was because we did yeah we we focused really heavily on making sure that whatever ad we were showing is highly relevant to that specific person that specific audience. 
So how do we measure success on something like this? Obviously, we're driving traffic to a Kickstarter page where, for whatever reason, Kickstarter won't put the pixel and give us conversion tracking info. So how do we know if something like this is is actually doing well? I mean, I guess the, the our sort of main goal for this is, is going to be traffic. So we can see traffic numbers because obviously those are recorded in, in Facebook before obviously we get over to the Kickstarter website, which, as you mentioned, at which point we don't have the Facebook pixel installed, unfortunately. So we weren't able to kind of follow it after that. Uh, so yeah, we could definitely see traffic numbers um, and we can see cost per click. Um, so those are kind of the main metrics which we uh, were focused on. But then, you know, we did also get we did also get some absolutely amazing uh, results in terms of social engagement, so reactions and comments and shares and that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, it was that was really fantastic to see, and I think the the client certainly was very happy with the kind of results we're getting in terms of in terms of social media engagement. Did you want to go through some of the stats or? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think let's go through some stats so people have a bit of a benchmark here. Yeah. So um, we spent around about £1,100 um, in terms of ad spend for this campaign. And for that, we managed to get 9,951 link clicks. So that's just under 10,000 people that viewed our Kickstarter, you know, for, for an ad spend of only £1,000. And when you think of this, you know, the Kickstarter is that people are backing here is over a hundred dollars. You know, ten thousand people viewing that it is really, really fantastic. What's really, really exciting for me in terms of this campaign was was our click through rate for this this uh, campaign was two point nine four percent. So click through rate um, is you know the total number of people that have viewed the ad divided by the number of people that are actually clicking on that. So so what that means is you know for every hundred people we're showing the ad to, we're getting just about three people actually clicking through and 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 viewing that. Um, and that's really, really amazing in terms of in terms of Facebook ads, especially when you consider obviously with Facebook ads, people are in quite a kind of passive state if they're you know just in in browsing mode. You know they've just looking through, and you know obviously Facebook they're looking at their friends' lunches and pictures of cats and all that kind of stuff, and then getting three three out of a hundred people from there to to actually click on and and look at um, you know a board game product, a, a Kickstarter campaign really really fantastic so yeah i was massively happy with with um three percent click-through rate quite a lot of reaction and a lot of engagement as well obviously that's going to help the uh the visibility of the the ad as a a, you know more people are interacting it's going to be more and more visible across facebook yeah definitely so um we got um 300 page likes for for the mantic games facebook page but we also got um across the the ads that we ran we got 2,598 reactions. So reactions, in case you're not aware, is the new name for Facebook likes. Um, So it's not just likes now. Obviously, you can do the wow and the heart and all that kind of stuff. So 2,598 reactions, 235 comments, and 369 shares. Um, So all of that engagement is yeah, just just amazing in terms of getting people seeing the ad, you know, the kind of social proof as well, which we've talked about before. The idea of obviously if you've got friends that are sharing this, if you've got people, if you've got hundreds of people liking that ad, you're going to get 
much better results in terms of um, uh, in terms of click through and all that kind of stuff because people are seeing that and saying, "Hey, if everybody else thinks this is cool, then this must be cool. This must be something that I should have a look at." And obviously, that kind of speaks to the the creative that we got from Mantic and to start the campaign with. Um, obviously, we've got some really great imagery. If we've got some really great you know benefits for the Kickstarter, then we're going to get good reactions from that kind of stuff as well. So, so seeing that kind of reaction really helped us to know that you know this is something that our that the people we're showing this ad to are definitely interested in. So, yeah, really great job. So top two takeaways from this campaign, what would you take away into the next campaign as a kind of success factor for, for this one? Uh, in terms of success, um, I think really it's, it's down to having a client that's got some absolutely amazing, some amazing creative that we can work with. Um, so that was super, super helpful and um, meant that we were able to, to put together such a great campaign. And then also breaking down that target audience into separate groups. So just because somebody's in your target audience and is interested in purchasing a product, you know, they're going to have different reasons why they're going to purchase that product. So, you know, we want to make sure that whatever reason we're, we're explaining to them is a reason that, that that kind of audience is going to, is going to engage with. So yeah, trying to break that down into different, different sales messages and different audiences. Awesome. Okay. So next example then, that was Kickstarter and very, very kind of B2B, uh, B2C and very sexy and fun and passion thing. This next one's quite different, isn't it? This is dental legal lead generation. So um, <laughs> set the scene for us. What does the business do and, and what were their goals for the Facebook ad campaign? Yeah, like, like you say, couldn't be more different. So yeah, this is a dental solicitors firm. Uh, they came to us because um, their website originally was generating a quite a good number of leads for them and that was turning into clients, but then that pretty much dried up. Uh, so they needed to get a new method of um, of generating leads for the business, for generating customers for and clients. And we decided on Facebook ads for them. The primary sort of reason that we chose Facebook ads for dental law claims was basically because, you know, we decided that this isn't really going to be the kind of product that people are actually searching for on, on Google or anything like that. There isn't really a lot of intent because so many of the, of the clients are actually not aware that they have a dental claim to start with. If somebody's not aware that they can actually make a dental claim, can actually get you know thousands of pounds in compensation, then they're not going to be searching for that. That's not going to be something that they're actually looking for, um, which is why we needed to hit them, obviously, in that kind of browsing mode, you know, saying, hey, you know, have you had dental trouble? In which case, you may be eligible for this. So, so yeah, that's what we did. We um, we targeted people, basically saying, you know, if you've had any dental issues recently, you may not, you may be aware that you may not be aware that you've that you have a claim. And then the second point, in terms of Facebook ads, was that we could focus on lead generation with a with a really kind of low barrier to entry so we weren't you know saying to people that um, you know they had to purchase anything up front this was literally just a free consultation to find out if you have a claim um, which is a you know a really low barrier to entry so people didn't have much to lose by by finding out and and again that's a, a great way that great reason why facebook ads work quite so well was because you know if somebody's in browsing mode but it's a low barrier to entry then maybe that's something that we can that we can get away with and that worked really really well so um yeah 
that's kind of the overview of the campaign. We started the campaign in um, in September, um, August. Basically, we put together a landing page um, for the for the client first. Then Facebook ads started running in September. In the first month, um, we got um, one lead. Then October, we got eight leads, and then November, we got twenty four leads. Um, and then after that, we kind of stayed around that sort of level throughout throughout the remainder of the campaign for the next sort of six six months while the camp while the client was with us. Yeah, so it took it took a couple months to kind of get going, but once we did once we did kind of find the types of people that were interested in this, and we found the right sorts of sales messages, then we were able to kind of maintain maintain that sort of level. Yeah, so, so it took it took a few months to sort of find out. Like I say, we tried five different ad sets. So there's there's five different target audiences that we that we tried initially when we when we launched in September, and then by November basically we'd whittled that down to just one ad set that we were keeping running, and then obviously retargeting ads to um to make any make the best usage out of any traffic that we've got. So in ter- in cost per acquisition, month one. Cost per acquisition, they had to spend two hundred and ninety pounds to to get a lead. Yeah, the lowest we got it to was ten pounds thirty three. So, obviously, that's a huge reduction in CPA. You know, you're getting whatever twenty nine times as many leads for the money. What were the main things that that you did, or the, over that time, to to generate such a vast improvement in performance? Yeah, so so like I say, we, we had five ad sets. So this was trying different target audiences. So it it was trying to find the the right sort of person that's that's going to be receptive to this message. But like I said, obviously this is not people that are searching for this. So this isn't. So you know, one of the kind of ideas that we that we tried initially that was just a complete non-starter was you know any interests around sort of dental claims or interests around um you know dental issues or something like that and really that doesn't suggest that somebody's looking um for a solicitor to make a claim particularly that more suggests that they're looking for a dentist maybe <laughs> so that was something that we did try initially that didn't work um what we'd found did did work really really well was People that that had um, previously had an interest in dentistry, or, or sort of, or in that kind of area, but that was sort of a, a fair few months ago, and then we coupled that with people that had also expressed an interest in in solicitors as well. So, so it was kind of making sure that we combine those two interests to to get an audience of people that are actually interested in in this as as an overview. And then the other thing that we did that was quite successful for a while was using a lookalike audience, which was based around uh, people who had liked the dental solicitors page. Um, so lookalike audience is basically telling Facebook to find people that are similar to this audience of people that you that you give them. And so that that way we were able to kind of get Facebook to do some of the heavy lifting for us in terms of figuring out what it is that these people have in common. So those are the kind of the two things that we ended up sort of fixating on and that that gave us good results. But really, it was kind of a few months of testing that out to figure out, you know, what was kind of the, the right sort of angle to, to go for. Um, I mean, certainly, obviously, you know, with hindsight, you know, that that first example of, of what of the idea that, that didn't work out sounds kind of, you know, like maybe it wouldn't, you know, maybe it sounds kind of obvious that it wouldn't work out. 
but certainly at the time it seemed like that was going to be a good avenue for us to go down but really just yeah didn't get any results from that at all and then the, the the second thing that we did obviously is that during that time we were also testing out different ad creative here we had kind of a, a few different ideas around ad creative so one of them obviously would be to focus on imagery of um, of you know dentistry that's gone wrong or something like that which you know obviously is highly relevant to somebody that's got a dental solicitor case obviously they've had some dentistry that's gone wrong themselves to be honest it just wasn't an image that people wanted to see in their facebook feed um it's obviously a lot of those images are not particularly (laughs) nice images so yeah it's relevant but it's not something that you know somebody goes oh i want to click on that you know some picture of like a manky tooth or something or a wonky jawline or whatever it is so so that you know, again, so it makes the, you can see the kind of logic that we're going down in terms of that, but that wasn't the right kind of angle to go for. This sort of imagery that we actually found was really worked really well was imagery around sort of justice and that kind of thing, and and um, claiming what's yours. So, so one of the images we had, um, you know, is the, the kind of classic imagery of the like um, of the scales, um, the like blind justice with the scales. We had we had an image, um, a stock image based on that that worked really, really well, because obviously, you know, the what people are looking for when they're looking for compensation is they're looking to get what they deserve. They're looking to get, you know, they are owed this money because they've been wronged in, in some way. So that kind of messaging for, for customers was really, really strong. And it's a really engaging, a really emotive image that was, um, that was really interesting to people. So you can kind of see the two, the two ideas that we had and again with hindsight you can see why one would work and why one wouldn't but um, yeah we sort of spent a few months testing out different imagery around that those sorts of ideas to hit on something that, that worked really well. So I want to ask you about ad copy because if this is something where people don't necessarily know that they have a claim it seems like we first need to do a bit of education to qualify them and indicate to them that actually this is something that they might have a case with. Yep. And then we need to motivate them to action. So how did you do this in the ad text? The kind of text that we ended up going with that worked quite well was text around the idea of, um, have you had um, any dentistry gone wrong? You may be eligible for you know X number of pounds in, in compensation, that kind of thing. So that's the sort of argument that we went for um, in terms of the education sort of element to it. What actually ended up happening was we would get people who would comment um, on the ad saying, oh, I had this, but it was two years ago. I don't know whether or not you know I could actually do anything. And then we had um, the client themselves, obviously, you know, they're going to be much better place to do this than we would replying to those messages and saying well actually you know it, based on this law you know you've got um this number of days to make a claim and 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 all these different kinds of things that they were putting in in um comments to the ad um, and then once some once people saw those comments were being posted there then more and more people were willing to kind of pitch in with theirs and say hey well I had this you know does that count as a problem and all this kind of stuff so so actually, the educational piece happened more in the in the comments to the ad, and was something that was, you know, arguably kind of organic social kind of strategy um, in terms of in terms of engaging with the clients and saying, hey, you know, this is kind of where what you should be doing, and this is what you should be thinking about. So that was kind of what ended up happening there. Um, but obviously, you know, 
people wouldn't have seen those comments and wouldn't have seen that those comment threads if it wasn't for the fact that you know we were showing these ads to people that w- that we thought was relevant but yes yeah, certainly kind of a lot of that educational stuff came from from the client directly in terms of organic social i'd say that's really interesting so the the comments not only did they increase the visibility of the post but also answered some of the major questions that people might have and, and really objection handling as well i suppose so and like you say it's it's, it's you know worth pointing out that in terms of the way that Facebook's algorithm works and in terms of visibility, even for paid content, you know, comments and likes and shares and all that kind of stuff is really, really important. So the fact that people were engaging, you know, with with the business page itself and were, were having these kind of comment threads was really great in terms of the visibility for the ads. And then obviously had all that kind of knock-on effect that that was just great for the campaign overall. I know one of the things you focused on was landing pages and uh, an on optimization of that whole experience. What what were some of the learnings that you had from from that? Um, yes, yeah, so something which we used uh, for this campaign, which is an, a relatively relatively new uh, feature that Facebook's introduced, is that um, obviously originally kind of Facebook is a traffic platform, so we we you know gener- we're um, being charged per link click. Um, and reporting on number of link clicks and you know traffic that's sent to the to the landing page. One option that Facebook's recently introduced is we can now uh, optimize for landing page views rather than link clicks. Uh, so the difference between these, obviously, you know, in, in theory, they should be the same number. You know, if somebody clicks on the link, then they're loading that page and then they're viewing that page. Um, but what actually happens is that you will have some people that will that will leave during that loading time, so won't actually see the page. And and basically the different the the, the discrepancy there can be quite big. Um, so optimizing for landing page views rather than link clicks can actually have quite a good quite a good sort of improvement in terms of the results for your campaign. So for this campaign specifically, I assume this screenshot will probably be in the show notes. You can have a look through it yourself. But kind of the overall is um, link clicks. We got three hundred and one link clicks um, in a, in one month. And um, 257 of those resulted in landing page views. So what that means is, you know, nearly 50 people, nearly one sixth of the traffic that we're sending actually didn't get as far as loading the page for whatever reason. So, you know, if this is people that got diverted or just clicked back or, you know, that kind of stuff. If we were just paying for link clicks, then, you know, we're going to be charged that 301 figure. But if we're telling Facebook, no, I'm only willing to pay for landing page views, then we're going to be charged that lower figure, 257. So yeah, that can be a a good way of sort of saving a sixth of your budget potentially. Yeah, if you get the same sorts of results that we did on this campaign. I guess there's also an implication there of of landing page loading times, right? So we were probably using lead pages, right? That's right, yeah. So, you know, lead pages is pretty, pretty quick. I mean, it's not, it's not instant, nothing is, but it's pretty fast. And still, one sixth of those people clicking on the link actually weren't even getting to the page. Have you got any ideas on why that might be? Yeah. Um, so like you say, it could be a number of reasons. I mean, it could be that the page load was too slow. Um, I mean, obviously, you know a lot more about the kind of website stuff than I do. Do you get kind of discrepancies in page load times? Sometimes it loads quick, sometimes it loads slowly. 
is that well yeah i mean i, I guess the main challenge with facebook ads is going to be the the percentage of mobile visitors isn't it so yeah. it'd be really interesting to see the difference with those metrics between desktop and mobile see if people are on slower data connections or they're viewing like a cached version of facebook and actually their you know their network has dropped out or whatever in the meantime yeah. that sometimes happens yeah definitely um, and and then another thing is um and it's something which I've talked about before on the podcast. I've got a bit of a crusade against using the audience network as a as a Facebook ads placement. <laughs> so uh, the audience network is um, basically kind of Facebook putting Facebook ads in places other than Facebook, so third party websites. They also do quite a lot with uh, mobile apps. So if you get kind of if you get ads during you know if you've downloaded a free game from the app store or whatever and then you've got ads that load you know between each level then a lot of time those are coming from the audience network and what i found is that the majority of the time when people are clicking on those it's a it's a misclick you know they're just clicking next 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 trying to get through to click on the game and then you know they're clicking on the ad by accident they're loading that page and then obviously that counts as a link click but then they're immediately going oh i didn't mean to do that and then hitting back yeah um so yeah for me i do wonder as well if you know some of that comes from the audience network probably not for this one because like i say i i always (laughs) take the audience network out because the results from it are just terrible um but if you're if you're keeping audience network as a placement if you're using that then i would definitely recommend checking the difference between landing page views and link clicks for your campaign because i would imagine it's probably even higher than one sixth then awesome so cpa down from 289 pounds to 10 pounds 33 I think that's a pretty good job, mate. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it, certainly. Cool. And I know there's also a, uh, a Facebook ads platform change that's uh, that's coming up or being rolled out, isn't there? Could you tell us about that? Yeah, so this is live now. Um, yeah, just wanted to make tell everybody about this because this is, um, if you're running Facebook ads, then this is a massive, massive change that's going to be, that's going to pretty much revolutionize the way that you start a new campaign, to be honest. It's kind of hard to, uh, to undersell this one. Uh, so basically what you can do now is you can go onto a competitor's Facebook page, you can go onto any business Facebook page, and uh, on the left-hand side, you've got the, the tabs, you know, you've got all the different th- options, so things like posts and events and photos and all that kind of stuff. On there, there'll be a new one, which is called Info and Ads. And if you click on that, then you can see all of the ads which that business is currently running on Facebook. You can see literally every ad. Um, so yeah, this is this is massive in terms of the kind of the, the way in which you're going to set up a new campaign because uh, we can now finally we can do some proper competitor analysis. We can do some in-depth competitor analysis. We can say, hey, this is what is out there currently. This is you know what the kind of lay of the land is currently, and um, huge, huge potential in terms of in terms of setting up a new campaign. Yeah, I mean, do you, what do you think, Tim? Do you think that's going to be pretty big? That's freaking massive, isn't it? I mean, I can't think of any other ad platform which will show you all of the ads that a particular business on that platform is running. Yeah, it's kind of mad, really. I mean, um, it kind of makes sense that they're, they're doing this if you've kind of been following the news over the last sort of well, year, I suppose, obviously the kind of uh, fake news stuff and the Russia collusion and all that kind of stuff and the US election and all that. Um, Obviously, you know, Facebook have got some slack 
some some yeah some some flack in the press for that this is basically their way of combating that is saying well yeah if you can view all of the ads you can see every, all the messages that businesses are trying to put out there see have a look at it and and yeah if you're not happy with it then then obviously now you can actually see it and you can do something about it so yeah it makes sense why facebook are making this change um but in terms of marketing obviously you know this is this is huge for us as well obviously huge huge for for facebook and and, and all that kind of stuff but um in terms of in terms of digital marketing you know this is absolutely massive the idea that we can actually see everything that competitors are doing you know some ways in which you might sort of use this you can use this and say hey you know are my competitors advertising you can see whether they are or are not because it facebook will say to you you know current they're currently not running any ads that is a, a pop-up that will show up if you um if you check and you can also see you know what kind of messages and what kind of ad creative are they using so if they if you know if they've already done some of the optimization work that we talked about you know in in the previous two examples if they've already done that and they've hit on you know the kinds of messaging that work the kind of imagery that works if they've already done that work for you and you can just say hey you know this is the sort of stuff that we should be doing and then you start doing that then yeah you you might be able to kind of skip that learning phase to a certain extent I'm sure, obviously, you know, it's not going to be a complete, you're not going to be able to completely just copy them because you need to, you know, obviously pull ahead at some point. But yeah, I think this is certainly going to help with that research phase and help, yeah, avoid some of that unknown um, at the beginning of a campaign. And great if you're going up against a bigger, much more established competitor. Um, If you're that established competitor and you've got a really killer Facebook funnel, then probably a bit annoying that now all your competitors can... uh, can reverse engineer your ads, but they're probably doing it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, the, the thing is, obviously, you know, this isn't something that uh, it's kind of interesting because we've not had anything like this with Facebook ads before. Whereas I know, obviously, you know, for the you know for the Exposure Ninja marketing reviews, this is something that we look at um, for for other options, isn't it? Obviously, you'll go on the search results mm. and you'll check out what's happening on Google AdWords and you know what the SERPs look like. Whereas we've just not had any options to do that with Facebook ads, whereas now we've got the option to check, you know, what your competitors are up to. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're going to end up making more work for you at some point in the future if you have to start including this. But um, yeah, it could be certainly an interesting tool for you guys anyway. Lars, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, No, I think that's everything for today, Tim. Cheers for having me again. Awesome. Thank you, Lars. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. (laughs) 